Hello and welcome to the Spartan Podcast. My name is Bianca Hedgecock. I am the owner and founder of Eclectic Media. We are a bespoke digital marketing agency based here in the UK. On the Spartan Podcast, you will find everything to do with entrepreneurship, business, fitness, biohacking, self-improvement, anything to make you a better you and improve your day-to-day life and your business. Each week, we are going to have guests on uh, speaking through how they got started, where they're looking to go, all of the hints and tips and tricks that they use to get to where they are today. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Hope you like it and make sure to subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Spartan Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Bianca Hedgecock. I'm the owner and founder of Eclectic Media. This week we have Tristan who is here with us. He owns his own agency. Um, We actually met in the agency space because we started out at the same time, Um, but I'll let him introduce himself and we'll get into it. Over to you, Tristan. Hey, thanks Bianca and a nice introduction. So yeah, my name is Tristan. I'm a digital marketer, uh, web designer, I suppose. And so my background is obviously web design and I moved into the uh, digital marketing space and that's that's how we met. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. So we met obviously in a, in a mutual uh, sort of mentorship group. Um, but before we get into that, like take us back to like before you got into the agency space, because obviously your background is web design um and then obviously you moved into graphic design as well so have you always had like an interest in design obviously because you went to to uni for it um so design wise do you know what i'm not i'm not actually sure whether i had that as something that i was interested in for a long time mm-hmm. um so if i go way back like as a child i used to enjoy drawing like that's probably as as creative as it got mm-hmm. um it wasn't until I went to university, I actually went to study web applications development. Oh, nice. Which, if you're not sure what that is, it involved um, building web programs, software engineering, um, coding, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. All the fun stuff. And I, yeah, I quickly realized that it wasn't really for me. And the only reason why I ended up there was because I enjoyed IT at school. Mm-hmm. But I later realized I enjoyed IT at school because my teacher was cool. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really like really the work. Yeah. Now, because the teacher was cool, I was engaged with the work and I got good grades in that area. So I sort of thought, oh well, you know, let's progress this. And I wasn't very academic. I didn't really like school. But I found myself in a position where everyone was going to do their like A levels. So I thought better go and do that as well. <laughs> and then everybody was going off to university. So I kind of scraped, scraped into uni. I took, um, took web development and, and quickly realized that it wasn't really my cup of tea. Now, I'm not really a quitter. I stick things out. And I was the first person in my family to go to university. So I thought, better not quit. <laughs> um, luckily, found someone on the course who become a good friend. Uh, his name's Geordie. So shout out if he's, if he's listening. I'm sure he's not. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he he kind of like took me under his wing, I suppose. He was experienced within software. He'd had a job in the past. He was slightly older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he managed to sort of like coach and mentor me through my uh, entire degree, which yes. was awesome. But during that time, I found myself looking on, I think, what was it called? Like uh, WP Tuts or some sort of like 
uh, tutorial website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now it's now branded Envato. I can't okay. remember what it was yeah. called before. Um, but they had a lot of uh, tutorials on there and how to like design graphics and do graphic design. And I ended up with you know getting Photoshop and diving into that. Um, so I started off creating a lot of like abstract weird artwork with like city skylines and, and things like that, which yes. um, was probably pretty naff looking back on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started to self self develop graphic design skills like without really even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And so at some point within my degree, there was a module that was based around web design and we had to build and de- well, design and build our own website. And that was awesome. Like I really enjoyed that. So from that point on, I started exploring more of that in my own time. And after graduating, managed to land a sort of internship role with a company mm-hmm. here in Exeter. Um, it was good. They they took took me in, um, really daunting. I was on a crap salary, like <laughs> 12,000 £12, pounds per year, which I think my my take home was obviously sub sub a thousand pounds each month, <laughs> um, but it it was good. Like the the position I don't think was designed for someone that was looking for a full time job. It was kind of that year in industry that a lot of people at university have to do. Mm-hmm. Except I did mine post grad yeah. rather than pre grad. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I went there for the year. <clears throat> went there for the year and. It was a great year because I learned so much and they were super impressed with what I was bringing to the table and what I was able to do because I was pretty well-rounded at this this point. I could graphic design, I could design websites, I could build them. My coding skills were way above what was expected because I had this degree in in software engineering as as such. So yeah, that, that then progressed for me staying there for like three years. So stayed there for three years. Um, ended up leaving for some sort of like internal politics someone come in and started making people redundant so I thought of thought of that jump ship um and that's kind of what led me into working with uh the the company that I mentioned obviously off the podcast which was um an Apple premium reseller here in the UK so I was super excited to be working with this sort of um heavily relatable brand to Apple like I got to meet people from apple you know not not tim cook but um <laughs> one day yeah yeah one day um yeah i was really excited i think it was like 20 23 at the time and yeah super excited to be working in this space and um, i was their only designer and web designer like within the company so i had to take quite a lot on at that point mm-hmm. um they had the senior developer and another developer that was like real hardcore and um, but i managed to take on all of their like rebranding of the website rebranding of their sort of internal and external branding so that again was a pretty good experience so from this point like I think it had been like five years into my career I'd had experience with in-house companies so that's basically working for one individual company working in their team right so that's what in-house means and obviously you've got the agency space where you end up working with a variety of clients Mm -hmm. so I kind of like when you work in-house you work on one brand with one company and it's great but the downside is if you are a creative sometimes you're kind of limited with what you can do with um sort of the variety of branding and and things like that everything has to be on brand Mm -hmm. so you kind of end up 
um, having handcuffs on, having your creative handcuffs on, and there's not really a lot you can do. Sure. And so I then got headhunted by a previous boss that had started up their own agency. Nice. And give me a, they gave me a call and said, look, we'd love you to come along. So I was like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> Um, despite working for a really cool company that like I was at the time, um, the branding side of things and the creative freedom, it got very tiring. So to be able to then go from in-house to working in an agency space was really cool. So yeah. Was so you've got first hand experience about working in a, a fully functioning agency outside of <laughs> sort of what we know as the agency space. Yeah, that that's exactly it. So I've only worked for one uh, two agencies i've worked for one for three years which um is one i've just mentioned that i moved to and worked with them for three years i had experience with how they run the business i suppose um they were a relatively new very small agency there was five of us so we were pretty small three of them were directors we had myself and another colleague who um did like all the social media inside of things i did all the websites so yeah we were relatively small and for a long time it was going really well but then people decided one of the directors decided to leave for whatever reason um and then over a period of time the business started to struggle mm. um so it was kind of a bit of an eye-opener to see like an actual agency um i guess somewhat struggle and I ended up being made redundant from that position because they decided to close the business, which uh, is, is fair enough. It was definitely the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I guess like sitting here now, looking back on that experience, it it's definitely taught me a lot of things. Like I could see um, a lot of areas where they could have probably improved and I've yeah. managed to sort of take care of that. You know, like a big thing with having a business is being able to generate new customers and generate sales and that was an area of, of the agency that I was working with that they weren't very good at um, and that was because every single one of us that was in that business we weren't salesmen yeah. we weren't we hated selling we hated talking to people on the phone we were kind of like introverted I guess and <laughs> um, so everybody actively avoided that task of, yeah yeah and don't don't get me wrong they would do other methods to try and win business um like they would put out marketing campaigns and things like things like that but there was there was one scenario where they sent a dig, digital marketing uh, direct mail campaign out to a bunch of hand-picked businesses that they wanted to work with and basically see whether they'd want to work together now i'd never had any calling sales experience whatsoever and i was kind of just like are you for real like are, are you sure you want to trust me with with calling this business on behalf of your business yeah. um but yeah i i remember sitting in that room there was just me in the room and i called this business and i was like i was so terrified i was trembling and the sort of nervousness was coming through in my voice and uh, it was just yeah it was an absolute disaster <laughs> but the bottom line is it kind of showed me that first and foremost you need to be able to generate new business mm -hmm. in your business for it to be successful and they didn't have a 
a working sort of strategy to to do that and that's that's kind of why it failed so yeah it definitely put me in a good position when creating my own agency because I could see what what they had done wrong yeah I mean I mean we know now prospecting is the most important task when running your own your own agency and actually bearing in mind what what it is we do um all of the businesses that we deal with they have to prospect or at least advertise to sell their product and if they don't then the business dies and I think that's the the core fundamental of any business is generating new new business yeah you're spot on and there's there's so many different ways to generate new business like you don't necessarily have to you don't have to cold call you know I'm I'm not a cold caller I've never had a sales job I hate the thought of calling a business cold and having to introduce myself and coming across as that pesty salesman but you have the likes of email outreach which the way that I look at things if you were to outreach to a business via email and they reply to you then to me that's no longer a cold lead I kind of feel like that's a little bit warmer because they've replied to you they're happy to hear you out they're happy to give you their time so that puts me in a much better position when I need to call them and speak to them and plus you've got other methods you've got social media you can just dm people Mm -hmm. albeit a lot of the messages get ignored or you end up with no's but there's for me that level of comfort knowing that that's not direct on the phone yeah 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 yeah, what I'm, what I'm obviously saying is there's so many methods that you can use to, to utilise to get more business, be yeah. it organic or be it paid. Definitely. I mean, <clears throat> there are, you know, job sites now. There there are recruitment sites. There are freelancer sites. You know, Fiverr is probably one of the massive ones that most people will be, you know, um, familiar with. But there, it just gives you that, it gives you that barrier between like an actual person like, being either disgruntled because you've disrupted their day or you know something like that I think cold calling is probably the hardest part of any any sales person's job you really have to be an extrovert to be comfortable doing that I and I mean I used to work sales jobs as a as an 18 year old um, selling telephone lines back when you could do that which was really weird but you'd, you'd call up your local news agents and be like you know we've got this great package do you want to switch over and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But now I'm a business owner. I know how important that is, how that new lifeblood into a business is the only thing that keeps it afloat. Like once you've obviously, you know, you've, you've got a team and you've got pros- um, you've got a team who do service delivery and stuff. That's the second step. The first step is getting a client to service. Um, and I think a lot of businesses forget that. And I mean, even like through COVID, I know a lot of people that we spoke to a lot of people said, oh, we've pulled back because of COVID. You know, we don't know where our money's coming from. But realistically, that's the most important time to be advertising because they need that money. They need that revenue to, to keep the business afloat rather than, you know, restricting. They need to be expanding to start getting extra new people through the door. Um, and I, even when I get on, on discovery calls now, having that conversation with some people is like, I understand why you're, you're restricting but you really need to be expanding, you know? Um, and I think some people get into business for the passion of it. You know, it's a passion project and the business comes as secondary and they forget that that is the case, that they need to be getting new customers. Yeah, no, I think you're definitely spot on there. Definitely spot on. Um, so 
you've had the experience of a normal agency and then obviously a, a boutique agency is how we run our yeah. our businesses what were the fundamental differences obviously apart from like the prospecting side was there anything that you noticed that you brought into your agency or have you taken a completely separate route now um yeah i think i think i have taken like a I'd say a completely separate route with the way that like the internal systems and the operation of the business works. Um, I've tried to keep everything like incredibly lean with regards to like service offering. I offer pretty, pretty much similar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once I left that company, I, um, I went freelance, which, which meant that I would try and reach out to companies and, and just try and, either sell them a one-off project of a website, hence, you know, since I was a web designer, or I'd try and find companies where I could sort of like secure an, an ongoing contract. Um, so you, yeah, I, I was very naive because I was made redundant and I kind of thought, well, <clears throat> so many people have their own business. Mm-hmm. Can't, be that, can't be that difficult. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I left in a pretty good position because this company, the the agency that I was working for shut down. Uh, I was able to, to take uh, some of the clients with me. So I kind of, I hit the ground running like Mm -hmm. initially, but there was a, there was a lot of these customers that weren't really, they weren't, I wouldn't consider them active customers. Mm -hmm. Now the thing is with web design is it's great for, um, you know, getting that, large fixed fee um within your business so you could charge like one two three four thousand pounds for a website but once that's done it's done yeah and then they don't need a website again for like another three years um so kind of clients then yeah so that 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 was really frustrating because i ended up with all of these these customers that the agency had served um and I was, I didn't feel like I could do anything with them. They would come to me whenever they had a problem, but yeah. I, I didn't feel like I was in a position to sell them any other services because all I really knew at the time was web design. Mm-hmm. So I then had to try and actively reach out to other businesses, but I can't really remember how I was going about doing this. I think I would just pop an email um, every now and then to, to somebody. There was no real strategy or structure with what I was doing. I certainly wouldn't call anyone. <laughs> Um, and I did have a couple of, you know, website businesses come up by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of kept me afloat for a few months, but oh my God, it was, it was still very hard, very, very hard. So like I say, I was very naive jumping into that and thinking, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be fine because I didn't, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like <laughs> it, figure it out as long, along, along the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So, um, the company that originally employed me um the, so they were the apple reseller they took me on on a contractor agreement so i was working with them x amount of days a week mm-hmm. um on a freelance basis and i was pay, uh, charging by the hour so nice. that that was amazing because that really secured like revenue within my business and mm-hmm. um, plus it gave me a lot of flexibility to then when a website from another client popped up that was just extra revenue 
Um, so I, I was very fortunate. I wasn't in a position where I was needing to really go out and actively find work. Mm -hmm. And so that was maybe a year in. So a year into my business of being freelance, I still didn't know how to sell. <laughs> <laughs> and you've, you've done well to make it a year in and not have to, to make a single sale, really. Yeah, I mean, I say I didn't have to sell. Like, obviously, when when a customer comes to you, there's there's an there's an element of having to sell yeah. yourself and your service to them. But I wasn't really actively going out and, and trying to sell. Um, so yeah, a year into freelance and everything was going great. And so from this point, I had a friend who was in a similar space, albeit he was in the digital marketing space and he was offering search engine optimization mm -hmm. and Google paid advertisement to his client base. Nice. Um, and we collabed on quite a few projects. Like I would have people need SEO and things like that. And I would send them over to him because I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up sort of agreeing at some point that it would probably be a good idea to bring our businesses together. <laughs> and so I was freelance. He yeah. had labeled himself as an agency and we thought, yeah, let's let's bring it together. Let's bring both all of our clients together. We'll have you know both of our revenues. It'll be like really good, really good position. Um, and I went into the company as a director under the the brand that he had produced. Yeah. Um, so that that was called Digital Bloom. So I was trading as Digital Bloom for quite quite a little while. Um, probably I say quite a little while, nine months I think it lasted. Nice. So. <clears throat> The idea of working with your friend was awesome <laughs> until you started working with your friend. Right. Um, so yeah, the idea of working with your friend was awesome. Then the crack started to show, which essentially meant that I wasn't really happy with the position I was in. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I needed to figure out an exit strategy. All right. Now, this war, this come at a time just before we ended up in a pandemic. So mm -hmm. last, was it March or yep. so? So we ended up in a pandemic. And then when things got hard, when our clients started pulling away, like the cracks really started to show. Right. So have this you maintained that friendship since you've separated though? Well, this is really interesting because I I kind of wanted to leave on good terms like it was no sort of like disrespect to to my friend or yeah. anything like that it was kind of a decision that I made that was best for me and my family I mm -hmm. guess you know ultimately like I have a family and um I need to make sure that everything is running swimmingly especially when it comes to like finances sure. uh, and things like that um so yeah our friendship at the time I thought was okay, but within the last year, we've probably spoken three times. Oh, I know. So I don't know, I think he took it, I think he took it badly, which kind of sucks because I tried my best to not, you know, not make it personal because mm -hmm. it absolutely wasn't. Um, and, and off the back of that, I think he took it personally and yeah. it kind of did ruin our friendship. Now that's not to say that people who are friends shouldn't get into business together. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'd, I'd always say if, if there's an opportunity there and it feels like a good fit at the time, definitely give it a go because yeah. until you do it, you'll never know. 
Um, but for, for me, it wasn't it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. There was just there was that gut feeling mm-hmm. when you when you just know something something isn't right. And yeah. I was obviously bringing this home to my family. I was venting to my partner, Kat, and it got to the point where we kind of had a discussion and it made sense for me to like part ways with the agency. I left all of the clients that we'd built there. I was lucky enough to, to keep some that had been working with me for a long time. They wanted to come with me, which yeah. it is fair because at the end of the day, when, when a business works with someone, it's not often they work with a company, they work with the person like within yeah. that company. Yeah. The people buy from people, not, not often from businesses. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah I was fortunate to pull that away but it was at this point where after having experience within my own agency with someone else that was able to take care of other tasks I learned a lot so I learned I learned the basics of search engine optimization I learned the basics of uh, Google paid advertisement and I was currently in the process of learning um, Facebook advertisement as well mm-hmm. because that was a service that was and being demanded like within our agency so we were both having to, to go away and learn it and I freaking loved it <laughs> so that's kind of what then led me into like going on to the likes of YouTube mm-hmm. and learning more about how to go about setting up Facebook ads and that's when I, I discovered Jordan Platten. Ah yes Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah so I discovered one of his YouTube videos and then I think he had a link in his his, uh, description or something that was like um, offering a free book. And it was the book, The 15 Minute Agency. I don't know if you've read it. I haven't, I haven't, no. You haven't, but I got this book and I was reading it and I was just like, bloody hell, like this sounds easy. (laughs) (laughs) And like fair fair play to Jordan, like he's obviously, he's an incredible salesman. Yeah. the way he's written his book it was super engaging and I was just like yeah he's giving me all the tools I need here to like start my own social media company so that's when I then started diving a little bit more into it and I was like all right I can I can now offer this as a service I feel confident enough to offer this as a service so I then reformed my website I was no longer uh, offering web design I was also offering social media marketing nice Um, so yeah off the back of splitting up with my my business partner and breaking away from that agency I decided to just form my own agency I was no longer labeling myself as a freelancer I've got a limited company Mm -hmm. like it's no longer like when you're a freelancer you're a sole trader and your business and yourself are like one and the same whereas when you have a limited company the the company is is yeah it's it's completely separate yeah. uh, it felt like a much nicer way of doing things so yeah from that point on I had this agency was branding myself as an agency and I also already had a few clients so now I just needed to figure out what how do I sell how do I go about selling the service and I was I knew that I was going to have to learn to sell mm-hmm. so it it got to that time two years in now you it, have to sell well eight eight years into my career and I now need to know how to sell so that's when I I found uh, the entrepreneur accelerator program which is where we met yep and there was a lot of 
useful information in there really when I was getting started mm-hmm. to to help me you know secure not only secure my first client but um what what sort of things should I be saying when I jump on a call with them uh, and all of those like taking you through the typical like sales process which is super interesting because I had no idea about this sort of common uh, sales process that seems to exist among any sort of like online guru or online company. And um, one thing I have learned is no matter what what I look at online on in terms of like how you go about selling or what your um, sort of process on the phone should be, they all seem to be pretty consistent with yeah. You know, they all sort of say the same thing, but just in different ways. You gather requirements, you you ask ask them where they're at in their business, where they're looking to go, what problems are they having, and then as many questions as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then you essentially, and this is the key thing, and this is something that has been quite a pivotal change in my business. I am not so much a web designer anymore. I have become a problem solver. Yeah. And so I need to listen to their problems and I need to figure out a solution that's going to sell that, uh, sort of solve that. And now that solution could be a brand new website. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are a business looking to take the, their products online, they're going to need an e-commerce store. Yep. Once they have a store, they need to know how to market it and generate, you know, new sales. So that could be by way of Facebook advertisement. Mm-hmm. And I've found more recently that a lot of businesses will either already have a website or need one, but then they want to know, well, why am I not getting customers or why can people not find me on Google? Yeah. And there's a sort of like level of educating that comes with when you're talking to businesses that don't understand that you can't just, you can't just get onto page one of Google. You can't yeah. just be top position. Like it, it takes, it actually takes a lot of work. And also one feeds the other. You have a website that functions correctly. Facebook ads then feed traffic to that website. The product itself has to have, you know, proven concept within the market. Like it's never one element of the business that generates all of the revenue. They all feed each other. Yeah, it's like having multiple cogs in a machine. Yeah. You know, they've all got to be working. If there's one that's broken, it's going to cause you headaches. Literally, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was it was kind of from that that point onwards, really, that I was, I guess, I've been learning to sell. Um, I've had multiple sales calls now, like within my business. Um, don't get me wrong, I remember having my first one. <laughs> and I think ironically, it went really well. I signed them up. So this was the nice. first sales call, first client managed to sign them up. Now, it was kind of funny because I I completely like lowballed the quote. I was like, I really need this. Mm-hmm. So um, I went in really low, which I kind of put myself, I think, a, a bit of a disservice. And and there's a there's kind of a lesson here, I suppose, because this this first client turned out to be a, a super pain in the ass. <laughs> um, and one thing I've learned, like while running this business, is if you don't value your service or product. Mm-hmm and charge what you should be charging and you start lowballing it not only are you undercutting everyone like that's trying to make money in the industry but actually i think you're setting yourself up for failure because 
if you don't value your time and the quality of work and your expertise to charge enough for it, then the client that you sign up also doesn't value it. 100%. And, and that means that they end up being too involved. They want to know what's going on every day or every other day. Um, they want regular check-ins. They contact emails, phone calls. Yeah, they, they try to micromanage you and things like that. Mm-hmm. which actually becomes incredibly difficult when you're trying to do your job you yeah, know if you, um, a lot of clients don't realize that you're you know they're not your only client mm-hmm. and you do have other people that you need to serve and you do have a team and you do have like meetings and other calls and things like that um, so yeah my lesson there was if I don't charge high enough I found that the clients that I end up working with that pay less mm-hmm. tend to be the more difficult ones and the ones that pay more are the ones that value your time, value your expertise and let you crack on with it. And they're the ones that actually get really good results because they've let you get on with the job. They trust you to do the job that they've hired you to do. And that's how it should be. Um, You know, if, if they're paying you 10 K for whatever it is, they like, well, I'm paying them this, this much because they know what they're doing and I don't have to worry about it. Therefore I can go and do what it is I do best. Um, Just like I said to you before, most people start, you know, businesses out of passion projects and they evolve into businesses no one ever goes into it and goes right I want to be really good at marketing or you know I wouldn't be really good at social media that just it's just an aspect that comes along with it so yeah I've, I've had the same thing happen you know you know you've got people that pay you 500 pounds for the month but then they literally want to check in with you every day and are asking a million questions that's trying to undermine the service that you're providing and you do do yourself a disservice because eventually you you tied up dealing with these clients that you cannot then service your other clients to the best of your ability or gain new clients yeah yeah absolutely you, you're spot on so yeah there's, there's definitely a less lesson in that but here's here's the kicker i didn't learn really at that point <laughs> so, um, do it again. yeah it was kind of i managed to secure that client and they were still to the still to today mm-hmm the most difficult client that I, I've ever worked with. Um, and we had an f- original three-month agreement and I just let them go. And I, I, I took the loss and I just said, like, go, because they were causing me so much anxiety. Yeah. It was it was not even worth the, the, the £400 a month that they were paying. Yeah, I mean, I've had this discussion <laughs> so, with people before for the same thing. You know, everyone expects you to just take a client because it's a paying client, but in actuality the stress that comes along with difficult clients is is it's worth turning them away and saying no like I can't I can't do this right now <clears throat> so yeah I mean you it's, it's just worth just saying I can't I can't take you on right now um you know we're not a good working fit and actually that helps balance the business out yeah yeah absolutely so where are you at now with like your agency so obviously you learned to to sell with facebook ads and you went down this sort of the more boutique agency route do you are you a full service agency now or are you just a sole facebook ads agency because or are you web design you know because we're all running different agencies yeah yeah for sure so i do consider myself full service um I had tried to be pretty niche with the type of services that I was offering, you know, sticking solely to web design and uh, social media marketing. 
but I found that quite a lot of businesses were actually asking for the likes of Google advertisement and search engine optimization. And it kind of felt like a no brainer as to not turn them away and think about how I can bring this into the business. Mm -hmm. So I was in a position where I wasn't doing the social media marketing myself. I was using contractors. I was doing the websites to myself because that was my background. Mm -hmm. There was no reason why I couldn't then find another, you know, expert to, to help me within my business could offer search engine optimization. And now I'm offering full service and I have a fantastic team that can help me deliver those. Services. So how did you go about finding your team? Uh, yeah, so I utilized Upwork essentially. Mm -hmm. made, made the most of Upwork. There's a lot of lot of people on there. Um, I work with um, so uh, Brad Brad's agency. Mm -hmm. So Brad, who's a coach within the SMMA space, um, he has his own agency and he offers white label servicing. Um, so I'm able to utilize that, which is fantastic because um, they do obviously do a good job in their agency. And now they're sort of like bringing that to my agency as well. And I know that I can trust them and they deliver that, that value that I want to be putting out within the company. Sure. Um, Upwork has allowed me to find someone that is an expert within Google ads, um, albeit they're based in Canada. Okay. So there is a slight time difference, but they are so so good at their job um it, it kind of it works for me we we work remotely um i check in with him in the evenings and i can brief him on work on new projects in the evening and he just cracks on with it um seo wise i've got someone who is um also in america so not not in the uh, not in canada they're in america so very very similar thing um but basically because we work remotely i'm able to sort of handpick people from different countries that are really good at their jobs. So I'm able to bring all of that and deliver that high quality of service within my agency to my clients. Yeah. Um, the website side of things is, is something, so this is interesting. This is something that I've, I've kind of really struggled to let go of. So like, as I'm a web designer, that's, that's what I'm good at. And I have my own style. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a style that is unique not unique, but fits well with my business. And I feel that a lot of people come to me because they're really happy with what has been produced. Yeah. So I'm still kind of taking care of a lot of that, but I am in the process of working with a contractor where I'm able to sort of um, send the work over. Like he's, he's relatively new to the space, albeit still very competent, mm -hmm. uh, relatively new. So I'm able to take it as an opportunity to work with him and send him projects and give him feedback to try and get him to design the work and build the work in line with my own expectations and sure. what what sort of what standards are within my company so that working relationship is is going really well it's still relatively new um, but I am making steps to start handing off the sort of core part of the business which is my bread and butter so yeah. 
you know, I do have I do have a very good team, and they make me feel confident that the service delivery within the business is going to be ace. Amazing. So, are you like I know you said you use contractors and stuff. Are you at a point where you're starting to look at making them in-house, building an in-house team? Um. Yes. Yes and no. Employing people does scare me, mm-hmm. um, especially in this current climate when you never really know what what's going to happen. You know, yeah. for example, going into the national lockdowns has such a knock-on effect to businesses. Um, you know, when we went into the recent lockdown that that we're currently still in, um, a handful of clients pull away, which means you don't have that revenue in your business anymore. Mm. Albeit they might come back. Um, but it's still a very uncertain time now I would love I would love to employ I would love to build a team and have that sort of company culture where everyone is is relatively tight-knit but what I'm doing at the moment works it it works really well it allows me to contract people that are really good in their space never really had the conversation with those contractors to see whether they would even be open-minded to like a full-time position so when that when that comes about maybe that's a conversation we'd have with them but yeah the goal is to ultimately hire at some point because mm-hmm. it would be nice to have full-time staff that can work on the business full-time work on the service and the clients full-time work on helping you grow the business rather than utilizing contractors that are only going to work on the project that you set them nothing else yeah so it it does make sense to employ people i'm just i'm not at that space yet but hopefully in the next three six months um i would feel confident enough that um we're in a good position to to hire people it it might be might be before who knows (laughs) Um, but but yeah i'm not opposed to um to hiring but the, the great thing with the digital marketing and SMM in space is that you there's not a lot of overheads mm-hmm. that you need to consider when starting a business you yeah. just need you need to invest time with learning the skills a lot of people already have um, pretty good marketing skills they have pretty good sales skills and they kind of hit the ground running all you need is is a computer yeah and then you, yeah essentially you win work and then you find a contractor that is able to help you service deliver mm-hmm so it, it's a very, very, very good business model. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in this uh, current climate as well, having that, those low overheads allows people to create a financial freedom that we may not necessarily have had, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and with, you know, COVID shutting down all kinds of businesses, it's probably a, a great time for people to start exploring other options and learning other skills and utilizing other people who have the skills, you know, it's, it's no, like you said, it's, 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 we're creating jobs in terms of, albeit, you know, freelancer jobs, it's still creating work for people and delivering a fantastic service in, in the process. Yeah. So um, I've got, I've got a funny story with, um, with hiring like contractors. Um, and I, I think I might've shared this with you before, but um, I once got, I got instant message on LinkedIn from a lad who was actually from India. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I used to have a pretty like bad perception of people that were from India because I've worked with them on a software development level before and they've not delivered a very good service. And I kind of, 
I, I just that just stuck with me so the thought of like working with people in India was like a no-go for me but then over a period of time I had a working relationship with um, other Indians and that kind of like helped sort of allow me to reanalyze that that way of thinking and, and basically changed my way of thinking and thought okay great so I had this guy message me directly on LinkedIn saying I want to help you post um, your social media I noticed that for your company you're not actively posting on social media um, and for a company that is offering social media services I thought <laughs> that's something that I need to take care of because I don't have the time to do it myself yeah but this guy has approached me let's hear him out now he had no experience and he was relatively young but he was like look give me a chance i'll i'll do it for free uh, if you like it in a week's time then i will essentially um i will pay him and i was like okay great mm -hmm. so gave him a week trial and i was pretty happy with the work he was putting together so i was like yeah great i i'll, I'll take you on i'll, yeah. I'll pay you and you can continue doing that so he I mean, he was pretty, pretty well priced. Um, like, obviously, he was he was new, but um, I was able to justify what he was offering. Mm -hmm. What changed was he got like two months into the agreement, and he was like, "I'm up in my prices," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Mm -hmm. um, uh, first of all, first off, I asked why. Yeah, uh, you know, because for my experience in business, if I had clients that were paying a fixed fee each month. I wouldn't just go to them and say I'm up on my prices you're paying more yeah I'd stick with that retainer that was in place and just charge more for the new customers yes yeah um so he said he was up in his pricing and I was like okay kind of a little bit confused but I was like what's the new pricing like, I'm happy with what you're doing ideally I'd like to keep you mm -hmm. and he upped his prices by like 200 percent wow <laughs> and I was like oh um yeah I was like, I'm really <laughs> sorry man but I'm not gonna pay that yeah uh, you know we had an agreement I'm happy to pay this much. I'm not going to be paying anymore. Yeah. And so there was a period of time where he was like coming down in price ever so ever so slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got to the point where I kind of I got really pissed off with him, and I was like, "Look, mate, I think you're being really rude now. I think you're being incredibly cheeky. Yeah. Um, you've handled this very poorly. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy to just sever ties and and, and yeah. not work together anymore. So he um he got up upset i suppose and uh, he got very nasty like he then started throwing verbal insults to me which was oh, massively wow. unprofessional yeah so from this point i didn't want to work with him anyway um but within those two months i think i sent him two mini projects to help me with putting together two weeks worth of content mm -hmm. for two of my clients because i didn't have much time during that point so he had an idea of who I was working with mm -hmm. and so he then went and approached my clients oh, yeah. di directly yeah which was um yeah massively unprofessional and it didn't look good for me so this this guy um who was young from India reaching out to my clients via email telling them how much he was being paid by me um which that's crazy. Is, is crazy so I just had my clients contact me like um I've, I've had this guy contact me via email you know, t telling me x y and z and he's like who is he <laughs> so 
so I, I had no idea and I was super sort of like stumped on the phone. So it's not a very nice position to be in and it's very embarrassing. But obviously I had to explain what the situation was um, and apologized and they were thankfully okay with it. Yeah. But that experience alone taught me a lot of things. And the first thing is work with someone who is professional. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do take on someone new, work out what the legalities of that are. You know, do you need to put in a contract in place yeah. and things like that? I didn't have any of this. Wow. And also, actually, I'm not entirely sure what like the legalities are when someone from the UK is working with someone who's based in the likes of India. Yeah. So from this point on, I stick to uh, native English speaking countries. Mm-hmm. I outsource to the UK, um, Canada and America. Yeah. And, and that's it. So that's yeah. not to say that people shouldn't approach um, people that work in the likes of India because there's a lot of great workers there Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a bad experience with one and it's kind of um ingrained in me that (laughs) I'm just going to stick with um, them the the people that I work with the professionals the people that I know that will be professional yeah Uh, Yeah, I mean it's very difficult when you're when you're working with contractors because again you don't know them personally and part of the magic of what we do is that we can pick you know skill sets based in you know any different country because then we can bring in the best talent into the business but at the same time it also puts that barrier in place of where do we stand if something like that does happen um because i can imagine even with an agreement it would be highly highly difficult to enforce it in india (laughs) yes and exactly yeah so now um you know I'm, i'm in a position where I feel like any agreement that's in place is is somewhat enforceable. Yeah. And actually that's also where the likes of these freelance um, websites come in super handy, you know, Upwork and, mm. and Fiverr because they protect you. you yeah. Know, they, they protect the, the uh, contractor and they also protect the business owner. Mm-hmm. So I, I do see, you know, that they are very valuable. And I think that's kind of why I'm now favoring the likes of Upwork because I will build that initial relationship with them mm-hmm. with the help of upwork i can see that they're genuine i can see that they're hardworking. yeah and although i know you're not supposed to ever take work off platform mm-hmm. um, you know if what you are if you do have do? an ongoing <laughs> if you do have an ongoing relationship with those people you might decide to, to work together off platform um not to say that i do <laughs> may or may not but potentially but probably not do (laughs) yeah no definitely because like you said like you have you have the reviews there you have their portfolio you know even though you may have communication outside of upwork um me personally i don't particularly like the upwork messaging um side of it it's just janky and it doesn't it doesn't always load properly you know all of that sort of stuff but like you said, it does give you that level of security to know that you are working with someone that's worked with previous people. You can read the reviews, you can see, you know, if they're top rated or not or all that stuff. So it definitely does help. Um, and it just gives you that level of security. My, my media buyer is based in the UK. Um, I have had communications with one in the US and another one in the Philippines, I think, uh, yeah. when I first started out. 
But again, the same problem was just lack of communication, time zone differences uh, with some of them, um, and just overall unprofessional again. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good sort of sort of steering lane to to get people to make sure that you know you you have some sort of reference points when hiring yeah yeah for sure so where are you going with your agency now because uh you're we're up to sort of present time you, you're ticking over really nicely you know you, you're offering a full full sort of full stack service where do you see your agency moving from here um so from here i just i still feel like i'm in a position where i'm learning every day mm-hmm. like and I don't think that's ever going to change. No. So it's, it's been an incredibly hard year due to um, COVID-19. Um, there's been a lot of up and downs. So now I am stable, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, things are ticking along nicely. I have um, a pretty decent handful of clients and I'm going to continue servicing them to like the best of my ability. But obviously I want to keep growing. I want to sort of hit that. 10k a month milestone which mm-hmm. i'm not too far off which is great um and then from there i want to be obviously going to, to 20k um, yeah. but i'm aware that there's a lot that i need to learn in order to achieve that with regards to implementing systems within the business um and that will probably be the point in which i then look to employ people and i can have a team and we can work all of that in-house so next step is essentially to hit that 10k a month mark which hopefully will be in the next couple of months. Nice. And then we, we'll reassess the situation and look to bring people in-house. Amazing. It's, uh, it's looking bright, nice and nice and bright for you for the future. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good. And I hope it continues to go to go that way. Um, it's, been a, it's been a long old road. I, um, I always said that I wanted to have my own agency when I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was always my goal. I'm now 30 years old and I have that agency. Um, right. It's weird how it's it's worked out like that, but it's definitely not the agency that I I imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this um, sort of image of working in an office, like with a team and things like that. But <laughs> The traditional type of business. Y- yes, and the, the traditional type of business. But actually what I want to do is keep everything really lean mm-hmm. and, and have a lean boutique agency where I'm happy for people to work remotely. I don't need a commercial office block. I'm happy to just have a room in the house uh, that I go to every day, work from there, have a Teams call with the team on the computer every day. Um, And that's going to allow me to save a lot of money on overheads and business expenses and and things like that, because I won't have an office block that I need need to buy. Definitely. And ultimately, you can then funnel that money into getting more skilled uh, contractors or you know staff in because you can afford to spend a bit more bringing that level of um, skill into your business so although you're saving money on overheads it will be funneled out elsewhere that's at ultimately services your clients better than if you were to have a fancy office with a coffee machine in it you know Uh, yeah, so ultimately you can um, you can bring that level of skill into your business rather than having higher overheads on on offices and coffee machines and all of that stuff. You can use it to bring in higher level of skilled skilled workers. 
Yeah, that's it. And that's all I'm all, that's what I'm about. I want to be working with the best people that I, I, I guess can afford at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about delivering high quality level of service. I don't really care about having all of this sort of, um, how would you put it? Like <laughs> all the fluff that comes with the business, you know, I'm not, I'm not bothered about taking pictures and posting them on Instagram that I've got a new office block and, yeah. and you know, skyscraper office blocks and things like that. Um, I'm happy to just have my own little office and work from there. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for for catching up with us today, Tristan. It's been a it's been a great chat. <clears throat> oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Do you want to let people know where they can find you uh, on Instagram, YouTube, anything like that? Uh, yeah. So I am on YouTube. So just just to give it a plug, the <laughs> YouTube channel is actually all about teaching people how to design websites without needing to code. So it's like the no code approach um, and also teaching web designers how they can start and grow their own web design business. Um, so the website, uh, the YouTube channel is called um, Web Design Life. So go and check that out. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. And that is The Web Design Life. Um, Facebook is Tristan Parker UK. It's not a lot of activity on there, um, I must admit. Um, but ultimately, Instagram and YouTube is where you're going to find me. Awesome. Thanks very much. No worries.